What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? Welcome to a special episode of Cold Brew Podcast. This is second and hopefully a long line of beer conversations coming to you pre-recorded from Tap That Downtown, the self-serve beer bar in Roosevelt Row in downtown Phoenix. They are located at 909 North 5th Street, Right next, right off of uh, Roosevelt. So, uh, for those of you out there, check it out. It's a cool little spot, and they have a great kitchen. Oh my god, their fucking their dishes are amazing. So far, everything I've had from them has been has been excellent. I've had I've, I had the chilaquiles once. I've had the uh, the jalapeno mac and cheese. This last time I had the uh, um, the pretzel board. It's like a charcuterie board with a uh, fresh. Um, Bavarian style pretzel. Oh my god, everything is fresh, everything is scratched. Check it out. Tap that downtown and uh, tell them Cold Brew sent you. They won't give you anything off or anything, just tell them Cold Brew sent you. <laughs> uh, this uh, latest beer conversation is with Drew Pools. I don't know if you know who Drew is, but he is co owner of Ren House Brewing Company and they started off in a little, um, look like an old converted house. Uh, in Phoenix, and now they have a they have a spot up in Prescott, and they have another spot in Awatuki, and they're going to open up a new spot in Paradise Valley pretty soon. So I had Drew on the show before. This was like I want to say like I want to say like three or four years ago. It's like I think it was uh, during COVID, and so I got to catch up with him and uh, what he's doing and uh, the growth of Ren House. And it was a, uh, it was fun. It was a, a good time at uh, Tap That. Uh, before we get to the conversation, just want to remind everyone to check us out on Instagram and Untapped. Search Cold Brew Podcast. Um, just the way exactly it's spelled on your, um, on your podcast device right now. Um, also, a, a lot of you know who Ren House is. Ren House Brewing. And if you don't know. Well, you should know because uh, Ren House is one of the uh, um, one of the premier craft breweries in the in Arizona, in the whole state of Arizona. And then also check out once again, go to Tap That Downtown, check them out, and uh, it's it's really fun. You know, it, for those of you who haven't been there down there or haven't heard this before, but you know, you get to pour your own beers, and there's uh, something very novel about that. So, all right. So without further ado. Here is Drew and I talking about beer. I'm glad to catch you, man, uh, for your jet setting all across the the globe. (laughs) Right. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Cheers. Cheers, man. Yeah. What are you uh, you drinking? I got your, uh, what, Banoff? Banoff, Nice. It's good. Starting a little light this time. Um, so how you been? Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned your your travels. You've been all of, like all over Europe. Seems like. Yeah. So I um, so I still have my day job. So I, I work at Intel uh, full time. I've been there for 14 years now. Um, yeah. But I do global sales, so uh, I I get to go to um, you know Europe and Asia quite a bit. So yeah. it's starting to pick back up after COVID. So 
I think most of April this year I'll be in Germany um, for work and for pleasure a little bit. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 fun. Uh, gets a little tiring after a while, but, but yeah. Yeah, was it uh, last year? No, uh, 2022. Um, I traveled a lot for work. Yeah. During the summer, I travel. I just like five or six trips. Yeah. But yeah, it just it wears on you, man. Yeah, there was one year. Um, I think it was like 2018, right before COVID. I went to because my um, my group is up in Portland, so I went to Portland. Um, I think it was over 50 times in one year. Jeez, it's like <laughs> so once a week. Literally every week, I was in Portland. Um, so that was that was a lot. But you know, I love Portland, so I can't can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, being there 14 years, you got a lot of, like, benefits and stuff. You kind of don't want to give that up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's hard. Um, it, it definitely has nice benefits. You know, I have a family, so, you know, health insurance and all that's really good. Um, my business partner, Bill, um, Bill Hammond, he, he actually retired from Intel a year ago. Oh, okay. um, They were offering, like, separation packages sort of thing. Um, so he took it, and he's been doing more, like, kind of side gigs. Um while also still, you know, running the brewery, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a great, great company, great place to be. Yeah, when, now, so when you go over to, like, I saw you were in Belgium. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, and now you're going to be in Germany. Are you, like, trying to make side contacts for Rainhouse to do, like, collabs with oh, European sure. breweries? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely um, a goal with a lot of those. It's, I think most of the time, you know, it's hard when, you know, you know people virtually online mm-hmm. and you talk to them and you, you drink their beer and all that stuff. But it's it's a whole nother thing when you meet somebody in person. So, um, you know, we had that happen with, you know, Sood Hall that we just opened mm-hmm. our, you know, restaurant tap room down in Awatuki. We have a lot of, um, you know, import beers on, European import beers. Uh, we met the owners of uh, Eggenberg, um, which is like this castle brewery in um, Austria. We met them at a beer event. And we hit it off, and we were able to get, you know, a couple pallets of their beer, like, right away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, traveling, getting to meet people in person and, you know, kind of connect over beer is um, yeah. really important, I think. Oh, yeah. And this fact that, you know, kind of like you have the European, like, the, the cradle of some of the beer styles that are very famous, like this Hells that I'm drinking yeah, from totally. by you from Germany. Yeah. So they have, like, centuries of... Oh, of experience yeah. oh, whereas yeah. you know the american bear scene is you unless it's you're the macros you're like back rent house is what uh 10 11 years old now oh. uh well, close to 10 yeah okay i mean yeah i think we're going to celebrate nine officially in june right. um but yeah we've been going at it for longer than that um, yeah but yeah per- I personally mean, yeah yeah it's so that's a, that's a big thing too i mean is getting to know um, you know, the way they do things, I mm-hmm. think is really important. Um, so we're actually excited this, this, this year we're doing our first 10 year trip for Ren house employees. So, um, for employees that have been at Ren for seven years or more, we're all taking them to Germany. So we're going to Munich and Bamberg and, oh, wow. um, some places like that. So, um, you know, we, we get a lot of our grain from this place, um, Vireman that you probably have seen the red and white bags. Yeah. Um, so they're in Bamberg, so we're actually going to go meet with them and, and tour their facility and get to meet a lot of breweries out there um, just to keep perfecting our style. You know, there could be things that they do that we haven't thought about or ways we can make our beers better. So um, it'll be another nice nice thing to do. Yeah, but, I mean, your beers are pretty good to begin with. But I like it's, the fact that, you know, you can always be better, right? You can <laughs> yeah, always for pre- sure. Um, 
never be satisfied with where you're at. Be happy with where you're at, but never satisfied. Yeah. In yeah, no, we're always we're I think the biggest critics of our of our beer um, ourselves. So it can always be better, like you said. Yeah, like when you come to a place like this, tap that, tap that, um, yeah. and you see your beers on tap, or even just you know other bars. Do you order your beers to see how they like the lines? No, and stuff I like do. That? Yeah, my so my wife always makes fun of me because um, everywhere we go, I I always order Renhouse beers, and she's like. You know, why don't you get something else? Get something new. And uh, one, it's quality control. You know, I don't want to taste how it's tasting there, but also, um, you know, showing support for people that buy our beers, right? Um, oh yeah. Because it comes out at the end of the day. They see the, you know, the P and L, and they see how many Rin beers are sold. So, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, I mean, I get feedback literally daily from people that are out drinking our beers at places, and sometimes it's great. And you know, once in a while, they'll have a bad experience where you know, hey, I think this line might be dirty or something like that and we go follow it up right so short answer is yeah i, I try to drink our beers everywhere i go well i mean i uh, maybe i'm fanboying but it seems like ren house is one of the more popular brands in the valley so i have a feeling that your beers turn over very well and um you don't have to worry about it sitting in line for like you know two or three days yeah um before yeah, no, it gets it's, poured. it's definitely um one thing we've been trying to figure out lately is um, just managing growth, right? I mean, we're, it's a good problem to have where a lot of our cores like Spellbinder and Valley Beer, Big Spill, um, Renovation, we've been like out of stock on a lot of them. So yeah. it's been hard to keep up with with demand, which again is a good problem to have. But, you know, when you get a call from a very important account on Saturday night that, you know, hey, our, we kicked our keg of Spellbinder, we need another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have one at, you know, the, the distributor, you know, you got to kind of run around and, and, you know, pull a cake somewhere and, and get it to another account. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it turns over fast, which is great, but it's um, making sure that we can, you know, keep supply. Yeah. And it's, it's speaking on your, your growth, you bet, you, like you, you said, you opened the suit hall. I didn't know how to pronounce it at first. I saw the, the umlaut, so I figured it was a, a long U. Yeah. So suit hall. Then you, of course, the prairie patio. Yeah. Um, is it still too soon to op- thinking about opening another spot or have you, or is it like one of those things where you really have to plan like two or three years out? Yeah. So we actually have, um, you know, our paradise Valley spot, um, mm-hmm. is coming along. So we're doing the design on that right now. And, um, I think we'll be open, um, kind of the end of this year for P- paradise Valley and mm-hmm. then it'll be its own unique sort of concept. So we'll do that. And then I think we're going to pump the brakes for a little bit and, and try to figure out what our next steps are. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd like to buy a place or add on to our brewery in Prescott is another big thing. So we're doing designs for that right now. Yeah. And that, is that like your main production <coughs> plant, like up there in Prescott? Yes. Yeah, so we do like 7,000 barrels out of Prescott mm-hmm. and we do about 2,000 in Phoenix. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So that's where like most of your stuff gets. Yeah. Um, where do you, uh, uh, do you guys have like a pilot just to, to test new exp- experiment, no, or is I mean, it like you got to just go for it? We have our ten barrel system, and we have <laughs> our thirty barrel system. So yeah, our our pilots are you know pretty full scale for a lot of people, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we we still are totally down to experiment with all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and we can also experiment a lot on the barrel aging side. You know, we have like King Snake as an example. We'll have our base King Snake, and then. Um, we can sample it from barrels and then decide what to add to it, you know, in a mixing tank or, you know, when the beer's almost finished. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, I was I was going through your uh, your guys' catalog because I was wondering. I know you guys got got a lot of uh, um, awards this year. Yeah. As far as your, um, I think the Great American Beer Fest. That's kind of like the yeah. in in the U.S. That's like the pinnacle yeah. right there. Yeah. And you had the uh, bronze medal for the blue quad roller skates. Yeah. And then the the bronze for the hooks and done. Yeah. Which ESB. I, I like the yeah. I like that name. Yeah. No, those were those are fun because we, um, you know, I think we've always tried to. Well, we we like brewing all kinds of styles of mm-hmm. beers, um, so I think meddling in some of those categories just kind of, you know, reemphasizes that, you know, we're we're doing various styles well, um, yeah. and we're not like a one trick pony where, you know, we do you know hazy IPAs, but we also do really good lagers and we do really good. ESBs and double IPAs and stuff like that. Yeah, and well, an ESB is not something that people are really, um, it's not a popular style in no. the US. <laughs> but it's still one of my favorites because I remember, uh, I don't know if Hooks and Dunn came from the Red Hook, but their Red Hook ESB was, the, I think, the first one I ever had. And that was like my oh, first right. ESB love, you know? For sure. Yeah, no, um, I mean, ESB is a, is a great. Um, I think just drinking like sessionable style. Yeah, it's complex. It's got some nice maltiness to it. Um, but yeah, I mean it's definitely um, you know slept on, especially in the U.S. People would rather have an amber, something super malty, or right. they want to go the other way and have something super hoppy. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, ESBs get looked over a lot. But yeah, we like making it, and we were super happy that one. Won, yeah, it's won not a, a sexy style. Right. But I mean, when you do it right, it comes. It's so. It's such a great style. Yeah, for sure. It's and we're cool. we're definitely going to be um, doing that one in cask condition oh, a lot okay. at our new, at our new spot. Our new spot's going to have a number of casks, like okay. cask engines. So um, we'll definitely have hooks and done and some other um, English pub bales that we're creating um, for that spot. Well, that'll help out for when you. Uh for real wild and woody, right? You have, yeah. you have a bunch yeah, of casks. You get a lot of real, real, <laughs> real beer going on. Yeah. Have you been to England and tried some of the the real beer? Yeah, yeah. So, um, as you can probably tell by my last name, uh, a lot of my family is English. Uh, okay. But uh, my little brother is actually married to um, a girl from Manchester. So we went there for their wedding and had a lot of good cask ales. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love it. It's it's a whole nother. I think seeing that, um, you know, again, we, we want to bring a little bit of that to the valley and, and our PV spot, um, but kind of that old kind of just cool pub that has really awesome cask ales. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those don't really exist here unless you think about like Georgian Dragon or some of those like iconic old pubs. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that was one of my favorite things going to the old Sonora Brewing Company on Camelback back in the day, oh, or yeah. now Sunup. Mm-hmm. Um, but they always had a cask on, and it was always awesome. Um, yeah. So definitely want to you know bring that around and, and make that a thing here, too. You're not going to build a cellar, right, and keep it down there? And with the well, I, we can. Uh, so that's the nice thing about having two production spots. We can, um, I mean, we've got, I want to say, like 20 um, firkins, which mm-hmm. are like the casks. Um, that we can sit on. So every time we brew a beer, we can cask condition, cask condition it, yeah, and and sit on it and let it do it do its thing. How's your How's your tapping skills? The tap. tap I, I think I got it down. I okay. think I can. I can swing a mallet. Yeah. Right. I, no. Uh, no burst. No. Not not lately. <laughs> um, but a little bit more closer to home. Going uh, circling back to the, the beer awards, the Arizona Craft Beer Awards. You guys, you guys had a lot of. Uh, Success there uh, this past year um, with the uh, 
You got the runner-up for Brewery of the Year. You got a gold for the Spellbinder, which, you know, yeah. as we all know, is uh, a gold medal at GABF, what, in 2021? Yeah. Uh, 2020, and we just got a gold for it at Euro, the Euro Beer Star Awards. Right. Yeah. How important is the, to you anyways, the, the Arizona Craft Beer Awards? Because they're just, they're new. This is like their yeah. second year, right? The second year, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that this year or this this last time around, um, you know, Rob and team took uh, the judging a lot more serious. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, I think first time around there was a lot of learnings. This time around, I think there was, you know, really good panels and really good tasting. So I think it's um, getting there, right? It's not something you build overnight. I think like the yeah. Oregon Beer Awards and California, they have long-standing, you know. Um, competitions and awards that um you know it takes a while to build up that credibility right yeah um but yeah i mean i, I think it's great for our local community especially because there's a lot of styles that are sort of underrepresented or breweries that are underrepresented and you're able to kind of recognize some good stuff that they're that they're doing so yeah i think it's great yeah and i think it's year over year you get more uh, um competitors yeah you know you grow it and then for sure next thing you know it's something that they're actually brewing stuff for rather than just here i'm gonna throw one of mine in yeah, there. yeah and i think they timed it up this year with uh gabf mm -hmm. um so that was nice so it made lives a lot easier on everybody that was entering beers for gabf um and then yeah i mean it's some of the categories only had a couple entries but i think again it's one of those things that you just kind of gotta keep building um yeah. and make it a thing I'm a, I'm a little bit excited because I I, I want to be a, one of the judges. I think oh, it'd be nice, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be great. And I I yeah, the, from what I hear from some of the other brewers, it's like, oh yeah, all you got to do is 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 just ask, and they'll yeah. get you in. So well, I think they do some trainings throughout the year on like the BJCP, um, yeah. like style guidelines mm -hmm. and stuff. So there's definitely a a way to do the judging. You know, I think. Um, you know, again, depending on your palate and your experience and, and all that stuff, you know, some people could, I, I remember one of the feedback from Spellbinder, I think in the first year, um, some of the judges thought there was like orange juice added to Spellbinder. <laughs> they're like, this is too juicy. It yeah. must have juice in it. And they actually like scored it low because of that. They thought you guys were cheating or the, 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 the whoever brewed it was cheating. Or that, yeah, or that it was miscategorized or whatever. Oh. Yeah. So, again, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, if we have proper judging guidelines and, you know, judges, and mm -hmm. that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> so. Right on. Um, how, how involved are you with the, the brewing? Do you just let Preston do your thing, his thing, or are you, like, uh, every once in a while you, like, get in there and say, hey, let's try this style for our brand? Um, yeah, so I mean, we so we have a, a number of brewers now, um, really great brewers, so I, I don't you know, get involved in that much of, of the business at all. It's yeah. more really, um, you know, we'll, we'll throw back and forth some ideas on, especially our Saguaro Society or our Keystone, oh, yeah. like some, you know, flavor combinations, mm -hmm. um, treatments, things like that. And then also, you know, um, he probably gets annoyed of me when I'm, when I'm traveling or something and I'll try, try a beer and be like, you know, Hey Preston, like you got to try this. Um, or they're doing some really cool style somewhere. Um, that we want to try our hand at. And he's mm -hmm. always been really great about being receptive and, and being like, yeah, let's, you know, let's try that. Or, you know, doing hop selections and, and smelling something that, you know, really stands out. Um, 
you know, grabbing that and running with it. So, I mean, it's definitely a collaborative effort. Um, we always want to try new things and, and keep, you know, exploring new styles. You think uh, at a point you might get a little bit too big to start experimenting? Um, I just asked because I think like uh, like Santan and Hus, um, they're they're pretty big, and it doesn't seem like they experiment as much as say like you guys or Goldwater or not that Goldwater is in your um, size category, but they are like one of the yeah. the, the more well known and premier sure. beers in the valley. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an, it's really important to us to keep trying new things, right? I yeah. think I think we will have failed as a brewery if we only have five to ten beers. Yeah, like um, we have something new coming out almost every week, and I think partially it's because you know we enjoy experiment, mm-hmm. um, experimenting with new styles, new flavors, new ingredients. Um, but I think it's also just part of our brand and who we are, right? As a brewery that people expect it from us and um we expect it from ourselves so we want to keep doing it yeah um and yeah you know i can't speak for other breweries i I think it's partially you know you like i was talking about before right um being able to meet production commitments and supply is a very real challenge right Mm -hmm. so you can easily get into a position where you cancel a experimental batch to brew another batch of spellbinder right as an example and that can kind of snowball, right? The more success you get, the bigger you get, the more that happens, right? Yeah. So for us, it's more keeping a healthy tension and telling our distributors no sometimes, um, which, you know, isn't always a fun conversation of saying, <laughs> you know, we, we have these yearly meetings and it's like, okay, well, can we grow Spellbinder 30%? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we could, but do we want to? Yeah. Um, and usually that answer is no. It's like maybe a healthy growth rate is 10%. And we can do that while not, you know, cannibalizing other things we want to do. Yeah. And in that way, you can, you don't um, outpace your demand too. Yeah. Because if you start throwing like, you know, more Spellbinder out there and then it's, it sits on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, freshness is king. Um, we, I, I like, you know, um, not being on at every single place you know, in town mm-hmm. in every, you know, grocery store and restaurant and whatever. I mean, you know, maybe one day we'll get there, but, um, we also want to make it so, it, you know, we're not buying back stale product or, yeah. you know, out of code stuff. Right. Yeah. And then, and then that's kind of like when it turns into a job, right. When you have to try to meet demand because everyone wants it all the time. And then you're not going in there to brew, because it's fun, you're going in there to brew because you have to, to right. meet um, your commitments and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, um, a lot of our big beers, like even Valley Beer, Spellbinder again, um, I mean, we, every every single time we make it, um, we're doing constant quality checks and we're having discussions about it. And, you know, we've, you know, as we've scaled up, going from, you know, 10 barrels to 30 barrels and now having like 100 barrel tanks, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's a constant, um, you know, kind of exercise in, in tweaking, you know, production and how we do things. And, you know, the, the recipe of Spellbinder today is definitely not the same recipe as it was when we first brewed it in 2017. Yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's all I think that's part of what we do as a company. It's just, you know, we we have open conversations like good, bad, the ugly and 
and we um, try to remind ourselves what we want to do yeah, as a but, company. And I also like the way you took Spellbinder and said, oh, let's try it with, you know, um, Galaxy Hops and let's try it with this, these hops just to, yeah. you know, uh, give a variation of that, that brand. Um, yeah. it's, not on, it's not definitely not the same uh, lines as the, like the Wally series. Which is just seems like uh, you guys are just having fun with the Wally series, <laughs> yeah. and I, I I freaking love the Wally series. Yeah. Every yeah. time it comes out, it's like, oh, now I got to try the new Wally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's there's definitely some fun series. I think um, we might have got a little series uh, crazy for a while, but we have like the the uh, Planet series, right? We just released yeah. Jupiter, which was like a 13 percent quadruple IPA. Yeah. Well, you have to because uh, Jupiter is the biggest planet. Right. You it's go the biggest big. planet. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, which, by the way, I mean, efficiency on a beer like that is terrible. It was like, you yeah. know, 60% or something like that. And uh, the Wally series is always fun. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, again, part of, like, what we're known for, people expect and want a new Wally almost every month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we definitely build that into the schedule and make sure we're, we're doing stuff like that. Uh, see, um, yeah, I get I, maybe some hardcore Ren fans are like, what's, what's the next Wally next month? But I'm like, hey... Whenever it comes out, I'm like, hey, all right, cool. Yeah. And if it come, if it doesn't come out, I'm like, all right, that's fine. I just wait for whenever. Yeah, I know you guys are gonna put another one out sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't want to be like too predictable, um, but we do have like you know our seasonal ones, like our Christmas and our mm-hmm. Frank and Wally and and Birthday Boy and all that stuff. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely fun to make and it's fun to see. Um, I don't know what, what the brewers do with it, and it's, I think we're. I don't know who I was talking to recently, but. Um, like a lot of breweries nowadays get knocked for having hazy IPAs that are all the same. They just change like one hop or two or something. Yeah. But I think like using Wally as an example, I think they're all pretty different from each other, mm-hmm. like and pretty dramatically different. Um, like blindfolded, you could drink, you know, a few of them side by side and know that they're all very different beers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you stay away from the Duff beer meme. Yeah. Right. The one with the the three different Duff beers coming from the same source. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good one. And, I, you know, I won't name the place, but I, I was definitely at a place East Coast that, you know, had like 20 hazy IPAs on draft. And, um, you know, blindfolded, you couldn't tell one yeah. from another sort of thing. Too subtle. Yeah, very subtle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of like seasonal stuff, um, right now is dry January. And do you guys have a NA beer? Uh, yeah, we do. So we, we did NA Spellbinder a couple times. Okay. Um, unfortunately, we didn't make it for dry January, uh, okay. which you would think you, we should. But um, that's one of those beers that's really challenging. Um, it's challenging to make because alcohol is a natural, um, I don't know what the right word for it is, but it, it's a natural almost like... Um, it makes the beer like safe to drink, right? Mm-hmm. It oh, um, yeah. basically kills off bacteria and that sort of thing. But when you're making NA beer, that doesn't really happen, right? Because you don't have, I mean, hops a little bit, but you don't really have the alcohol um, or the, really the process to do that. So we tested ours and we sent our NA Spellbinder out to multiple labs to make sure it was safe to drink. Yeah. Because I've, I've read some horror stories of NA beer that was you know, either refermenting or... Um, has like E. coli in it, like scary, oh, wow. scary shit like yeah. that. Um, and there's some articles out um, about that stuff. So from our point of view, you know, we're never going to make something that there's any question that it's, you know, unsafe sort mm-hmm. of thing. 
Um, that said, it's just a very intensive process to brew it. Right. So our schedule kind of has to open up for us to do that. So I don't know when the next one's going to be. Um, you know, we get asked for it all the time in dry January, especially. Um, but maybe, you know, this summer we'll have another batch of it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a very technical, unless you do it all the time, like say like yeah. what, athletic, right? Brewing. Right. They, that's all they yeah, do. Yeah. The whole facility. That yeah. You can do that stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They have a lot of experience. Have you, have, speaking of experience, have you ever tried dry January? Personally? I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I mean, I try, honestly, I try not to drink too much during the week. Uh, yeah. like Monday through Friday just because being in the industry it's like beers around you all the time and it's really easy to have a few beers Slippery every day slope, yeah. um, and not just for health reasons but also you know I was definitely packing on a few pounds um, <laughs> yeah. drinking beers every day um, so I try to balance it you know on the weekends yeah. I'll have a few um, but yeah I have not done dry January yeah yeah, yeah I, I tried it once in fact, for the show, I did just nothing but non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so bad. Yeah, I it's know. Just, it's so, just so tastes, bad. Just tastes different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess it's acquired taste, I should yeah. say. But after you were done, were you like, I'm glad I did it? Yeah, just yeah. because, you know, it's something, at least I could check that off. You know, yeah. I tried it. Accomplishment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore, though. I'm, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I did it once. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like a, a few other things, like I, I've done for the shows, like, oh, this... Like uh, for Lent one year, I said uh, just nothing but IPAs, but that was like ten, no, eight years ago when I didn't like IPAs at all. Nothing but yeah. IPAs, yeah, like all month. You and, drink, yeah, <laughs> and I acquired a taste for it. Now I love them. Now oh, it's nice. like one of my okay. favorite styles. Yeah, yeah. What are some of your favorite styles? Um, it's funny you say Lent beer because, um, or Lent. Uh, one of my favorite beers of all time is Lent beer, um, and there's a smoked version of it that's amazing from Germany. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm like a like diehard lager fan like what i have in my fridge is all lagers i okay rarely if ever drink an ipa um like maybe if i'm you know in portland or something i'll i'll have a few like um you know super bitter ipas yeah the Pacific i'm not a Northwest. I, yeah i'm not a huge hazy guy um i i get why people like them um and you know i'll have i'll have them from time to time but um yeah any, really any lager um I'm super into, you know, European stuff, obviously, but yeah. a good uh, Belgian double or triple is, is great, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I drink everything, really. Yeah. yeah. And, but, I mean, that's good because you kind of want to experiment with styles and be like, ooh, this is something I, I kind of yeah. want to try over. We're definitely like flavor yeah. combinations or, you know, especially I was really into barrel-aged beers for a long time and, yeah. and trying all the various... Um, you know, kind of creations that people have made um, mm -hmm. is is fun, but it's also like a good study and palate builder. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a especially like with all the additives you could do, oh, yeah. and then also the different barrels, like the not just bur bourbons. Like it seems like the number one, but it's like you know the new barrels or the the sherry barrels or you know the. Yeah. Even uh, tequila, rum, all the other some funky stuff. Yeah, we just did some mezcal um, and sotol. I think I'm saying that right. S-O-T-O-L. Mm -hmm. um, barrels and gin. and yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. That's really fun. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but uh, when it does, it's really good. What do you drink besides beer? Anything else? Uh, I was into bourbon and whiskey for a while. I've yeah. been waiting for it to cool down. It's hard to drink whiskey when it's hot out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, I've been getting into like cocktails. So uh, one of our bartenders, uh, Vargo, 
he uh, he makes us wine cocktails for uh, Suit Hall, but um, at GABF he got me really into like Negronis and stuff. So <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting old and uh, I don't know fancy, uh, but yeah, I really like Negronis and just like. I don't know, super bitter things I've been getting into for whatever reason. But. Like gin? Uh, yeah, gin. Um, like, so, um, yeah, any, like, bitters. Um, I think, like, Underberg is nice. Oh, okay. I mean, like, just, like, really astringent bitter things. Um, for whatever reason, my palate has, like, gravitated towards that stuff recently. Is the suit hall, like, it got full uh, bar, or is it just only beer and wine only? So it's beer and wine, okay. but we can do... They have all these, like, wine-based spirits now. No. You can't even really call them spirits, but it's, like, a... So you can buy a, quote-unquote, tequila that's wine-based or a vodka that's mm. wine-based. You know, I don't... I don't think those pass the sniff test of uh, <laughs> being genuine vodka or tequila, but right. they kind of taste taste like those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use those to mix and make uh, wine cocktails. So we have those in bottles, um, and they've been selling great. So, yeah, I've I've had a uh, wine based Bloody Mary before. Not good. No. Yeah, I was at a yeah. golf course in in California. They didn't have the full bar, but they had beer and wine, uh-huh. and so they would make a Bloody Mary. To, maybe they used a, a wine based vodka. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, you kind of want a Bloody Mary to like hit you in the face, right? It's like yeah. super spicy, super boozy. I, I like it with hor- <laughs> I like it with horseradish. Horse, yeah. Over Tabasco. Yeah. yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, oh, that's that's interesting. Uh, what about the the PV? Is just gonna be beer and wine too? Yeah, I mean it's gonna be a smaller spot, probably closer to our Twenty Fourth Street location. Okay. Um, but it'll be really um, kind of like cask focused, but it'll be mostly beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have wine too. Yeah. Right on. Any any plans on moving out west? Uh, if we are growing, I know the population isn't there, but it will be in like a couple of years. Yeah, I mean it's it's always um, surprising. You know, I'm I'm born and raised here, but the West Valley doesn't get a lot of love. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's not a lot of places out there. I mean, there's there's Eight Bit and there's Ground Control, um, Cactus Tap Room, Richter, obviously, um, and there's some other ones. But, yeah, I mean, nothing really in, like, Glendale Central. Like, I guess uh, Simple Machine just opened um, yeah. downtown Glendale, yep. right? Oh, that, that bar they have is beautiful. It's yeah. all wood. It's gorgeous, yeah. like the bar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, the question of whether we go west or east or Tucson or Flagstaff or, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I think all the options are on the table, really. Um, yeah. I think like we you said, wanna, you don't want to grow too fast. Right. You overextend yourself. Yeah, so I think after PV, we'll probably, you know, take a break for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, probably expand Prescott. Um, right now, we're basically at capacity, so we capacity is around eight or nine thousand barrels up there. Um, so we need to basically mirror that facility, and we have an acre and a half, so we can do that. But we're doing plans for that right now, so that's probably the next big thing we want to yeah. do. Yeah, there's a lot of room up there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, like at our actual, uh, like our lot that we have at the airport, we have another acre we can build on. So. Oh, okay. Wow. That's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> and Prescott's growing really fast, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you drive through there, it's hard to get through, man. They need a freeway through there. More yeah. Than so, a- the, so if you go to the tap room up there, mm-hmm. you kind of circumvent all of Prescott. So you go, you kind of hang a right at the Maverick station and you go like almost oh, towards yeah. Jerome. So you 
it's actually faster than going to Prescott. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So you kind of loop around the whole city. Maverick, yeah. I, I, we used to have, uh, I worked for FedEx Freight, and we used to have a uh, uh, service center out there. Okay. I remember because I had to go up there and service some of our stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd make a ride at that Maverick, and nice. you go down there, be around yeah. the cuts back I, there. I worked at FedEx in college, too. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Were you a... Uh, Express. Uh, were you I, a baggage thrower? Yeah, I, I loaded uh, aircraft containers at the oh wow at the facility down on Elliott. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so uh, you so you would actually put those big, huge, rounded containers oh, yeah. into the ship and oh well, we would load back. the containers and then put them on a truck, and the truck would go to the airport. Oh, okay. And fill up oh, the I got plane, you. Yeah. yeah. But that was uh, it was a fun job. It was a couple hours a day. Um, it was great during college. You know, go there from like five to seven every night and yeah. Make some good money. Make, yeah, make some drinking money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they even re- they paid for some of my college too, which is great. But. Oh well, yeah, um, they helped me pay for my, um, but yeah, get my BA and my MBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not company. the whole thing, yeah. but you know, right. Part some of, of it. Yeah. yeah, better than zero, right? Yeah. I think one of my district managers one time he was gave us a meeting. He came to visit us um, at the shop, and he's uh, one of the things he said was never leave money on the table. Oh yeah, it's like, take it's advantage there. of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I, I, I kind of took that to heart, you know, and I didn't do it right then and, and there. It's, but it's a multi-billion-dollar company. There, you know, you should you should definitely, uh, you know, use any benefits they have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, Drew, thanks for you know coming out on a Sunday. I know yeah. Sunday is you know your day of rest for a lot of people. So <laughs> yeah. uh, of I really thanks appreciate your time, on. man. And uh, I look forward to seeing what Renhouse does in the future, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm.